The Sunday Sit-Down on Algoa FM. Good afternoon, Roz Portita. Hi there, Charles. Um, How are th- you? That I now didn't hear what you were trying to tell me just as the song was busy ending, so I hope that we don't leave out anything. The good news is I have a list of all the books you've written, and I have some questions for you. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, great. So, so the first question, okay, Roz Portita, um, is where are you from? I'm originally from East London, born and bred East Londoner, and have always been passionate about the Eastern Cape, which is very close to my heart, because yeah. I've always believed the people here are the nicest, friendliest, and most hospitable. I, I've also found that. I know that they call PE slash GQ the friendly city, but every time that I have had any reason to be in East London, that has been... I've uh, sometimes said maybe GQ slash PE should um, look out because that title might be under just a little bit of threat. Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, so on to my my kind of tongue-in-cheek question to you. You're one of those annoying people who's just good at everything, aren't you? No, Sean, not at all. No, because obviously if if I'm going to be talking to somebody I don't really know, I do a little bit of reading at Mm -hmm. least. And I see in, being involved in sales and marketing, being involved in team building, uh-huh. being involved in the wine and spirit industry, being involved in the airline industry. So, sure? Yes, I, I have had quite a, quite a lot of jobs over the years. Um, I did work for Stellenbosch Farmers Winery and Distillers Corporation for many years in East London. Um, and there, obviously, I led a very busy life raising two children where I obviously didn't have the time to write, which has always been my passion. Hmm. So when my kids left the nest and moved to the UK, cashing in on the then two-year working visa, Rion, my husband and I decided it was our turn to become recycled teenagers. So that's when we decided to go to Dubai. And that is when I actually wrote my first book. Okay. Um, And and, and which one was that? Which which of the books was was first? Well, it's not one of the books on your list. Oh, right. (laughs) Okay, so how it all happened. I wrote a book titled Goodbye Dubai, which was about life in the UAE through an expat's eyes. I thought it may be worthwhile publishing as it delved into the real Dubai. But after reading it, my mom advised strongly against the idea and said I'd definitely be deported. So that book has obviously never been published. Okay. But with Rion's work commitments, um, that took us to Australia. And that's where I've been ever since. So that is where um, the whole sort of actual writing journey started. So um, I think we're almost putting the cart before the horse a little because I want to find out more about life um, in this country before you left and what, wh- right. how we got to uh, Roz Portheter is going to write books as opposed to any of the other things that, that you seem to be capable of, of doing. So you, you went to school as normal. Um, did you study anything yes. afterwards? No, I did the salsa course and um, teach English to foreign adults right. whilst I was in Dubai. So then, so we're, we're talking, and, and respectfully, somebody with without formal tertiary education who has mm-hmm. managed to use her tremendous imagination and to some extent, I have to presume, um, an, an aspect of childlike innocence because most of the books that you've written are, are children's books. How do you make that leap? How do you, how do you go from 
your normal life to to dreaming up words in your mind putting them onto a screen i suppose initially and then they get turned into into books that that change people's lives potentially well as as i said when i moved to australia it was the first time in my life i hadn't worked so i just felt that was i i really had the golden opportunity to put pen to paper, so to speak, and to follow my dreams. Um, and then, of course, the children's books all started when my first granddaughter, Gabby, was three, and we were unfortunately so far away from each other. I was desperate to share my Australian adventures and experiences with her. So I wanted to show her the different animals, places, and interesting things and because she wasn't there to experience it in real life, I made it possible for her to see everything in her dreams in the books. That's so ingenious. That's her. ingenious. Because it, 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 it means that, that you are, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're, they're learning through being entertained. And I mean, this, this was a labor of love for your own granddaughter, which surely must have reached many, many other little eyes and ears um, through them possibly being read to, to, to children or being read by children. Well, yes. You know, look, I have been extremely fortunate, show in that um, I've been afforded many opportunities to read my books to little ones at school. Um, I've actually just completed a three-day stint at Sterling Primary where my two little granddaughters are. Nice. And um, it was just so beautiful and so rewarding. And just seeing the, you know, the look on those little faces was just amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah. That, that was with, the, with Gabby, my oldest granddaughter. So those books are all about various interesting and iconic places in Australia. Um, because all my books are educational. So they're, they're always interesting facts about the certain um, attraction or whatever. Mm. Then when my second granddaughter, Anna, was born, obviously, like all grandmothers, I couldn't have books for one and not the other. So <laughs> right. I decided to, I mean, horror upon horror. <laughs> so I decided to write an adventure series for her based on the, the UAE and um, as I mentioned to you just now that we previously lived there, unfortunately, the material was too limited with only camels, arrows, and deserts. So I changed the concept to Anastasia Grace's mystical adventures around the world. So um, that just opened up, gave me so much more material to work with. And, you know, as I said, they are educational in that series. There um, are obviously very interesting facts about um, the city or, or the island or whatever, including the respective country's flag. Yeah. So that, that also works, you know, yeah. having, because everything has to be educational today. I get it. Uh, then, of course, there mm-hmm. are two series uh, for both of mm-hmm. the granddaughters. Um, Correct. And uh, I, I wanted to ask along the way, have you thought about doing these as audio books that, that p- perhaps you would record or that would be recorded um, in another way? Is there any thought of perhaps any of these becoming um, animated series or anything like that? Because, I mean, the sky's the limit. Yes, I love that, Charles. Uh, look, they, at the moment, they're not only hard copies, they um, are e-books as well, but I definitely do want audio books. 
And I would love to have some of my series, um, you know, maybe animated cartoon characters or whatever. There is one series that I've started, the Benjamin Bum books, and I think that yes. could really work well. Yeah, I saw Benjamin's exactly. Talking Bum and Benjamin's Farting yes. Bum. Light-hearted Correct. books for kids who just want to have fun. That's so, exactly it. <laughs> so no small, <laughs> it, it is a coincidence that kind of while I was <laughs> kind of sitting before I, I came on air earlier on, I was kind of scrolling through um, Twitter and I see <laughs> to, to my, I don't know if it's interest or horror, it's probably equal quantities of both, that Panasonic has brought out a, a, a robot called Nikobo. It's like it's a cat-like mm-hmm. robot, and it can fart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the kids will love that. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. You know what little ones are like? It just tickles them. And, you know, with this whole thing, this poor old Benjamin is constantly entangled in a tension convention with these loud, thunderous bums. But apart from that, you know, the fun side of it, they're... Each book does have an encouraging message, but I'm also toying with the idea of doing a few more bum books because they they really um, have been very well accepted. I'm glad to hear. Um, I wanted to, to ask um, <laughs> publishing. Do or Have you been yes. doing it yourself or have you got a publisher? Yes, I have had all my books published through Salento Publishing in Sydney. Okay. And so I've been doing a lot of my own marketing as well. They are available online through my website. And now, as an essay author, I am absolutely ecstatic and also very humbled to have my books available in South African bookstores. So for this show, I'd like to thank Julia Book Distributors, Bargain Books and Exclusive Books for making this all possible. Um, it's honestly a dream come true. Yeah, so so the, the book launches that you are, are here for, um, how many are yes. there? I know of one next week, Sunday, in East London. Are there any others while you're in the country? There will be. I'm waiting for Suzette from Sula Book Distributors to let me know. She wants me to go to Cape Town, so there will be quite a few in the Western Cape. And she also wants me to go to Kwazulu, Natal and um, Gauteng. I don't have dates yet. Well, I tell you what, um, pass those on to us and, and we'll make a plan to, to share them. I did want to, in, oh, in, the, in the kind of minute or so that we have left, mm-hmm. ask, ask you about things outside of, of your writing. So spending time in the wine and spirit industry, I, even though it was in kind of uh, marketing and sales, that generally implies a person has an interest in food and or cooking. Is that the case for you? Food, yes, but not cooking. I believe you're a great cook. <laughs> yeah, I'm useless in the kitchen. <laughs> well, then, then, then you'll be more like my friend Carol. Her favourite thing to make for supper is a reservation. One hundred percent. I think Carol could be my MBA. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, what is your taste in music? I actually love all music. I'm not. Possibly only one would be blues, um, not my favorite, much mm. to my husband's disgust. <laughs> but generally, I love all music. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and any other okay. hobbies um, that, that, that you pursue? Or does writing um, really not no, leave much time? At the moment, not really, because my writing has taken an enormous amount of my time. But, you know, at the moment, being back in SA has been just incredible. And being able to spend time 
with my children and grandchildren has been the best ever. And I was concerned about COVID, mm. you know, when this was going to happen again. So I'm just so happy and just happy to be back. I'm glad to hear that. Well, enjoy your time in your homeland um, and with uh, oh, friends well, and family. Thank you, thank you very much oh, for, for taking a little time out. You are absolutely welcome. And I'd love to thank you most sincerely for affording me this wonderful opportunity and helping me reach the wider audience. So thank you very much indeed, Charles. Yeah, it is, as I said to you during the phone call that we had during the course of the week, um, anyone from uh, particularly our broadcast footprint who does something extraordinary um, or is an achiever in some way, we would always like to to shine a little light on on that fact. So um, thanks again. Uh, Stay well and stay in touch, particularly with those launches, because we also broadcast into the Western Cape. So if any of them are kind of this side of um, Oatsuren, basically we we can pass on that info too. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll most certainly do that. Thank you so much, Charles. Thanks, Roz. You too. On air. On air. Online. Online. And all over your world. This is Algoa FM.